Hi, my name is Zachary West, and I am in the production team here at Crosspoint City Church, and I am currently about to be married in the next year. Well, I grew up in a Christian home, and throughout my childhood, everything was great until a tragic incident during my middle school years to where my grandfather died. And that's when I started to question God and question just my relationship with Him. And then I started to fall from God and under, not understanding why good things can happen to, or bad things can happen to good people. And I questioned Him for many years until I got into high school. And through that time, I was bullied and called names. And that really drove a nail deep down into my heart, not really understanding, okay, God, if you really do exist, why would you let this happen to me? And through that time, I experimented with self-mutilation and also attempted suicide multiple times and never understood why I couldn't actually fulfill the task and not understanding what my true purpose was until my later years of high school, uh, a couple of my friends started going to church and starting to understand God and really get into the whole Christianity field because it was a new thing to have a more outgoing Christian walk and uh, I started to see that inside of them, started to see more joy and happiness inside of them and I started to realize, wow, I really want that joy and happiness that they're exuding and after that I started questioning it more and more and they would invite me to go to groups with them and start to see who God really is in a smaller situation and uh, I started to see what the whole Christian walk was until I went to a summer camp and during that summer camp I was wrestling with God and not really understanding who he was and all the things that actually involved Christianity and uh, through that time I uh, just started questioning. I started asking God, if you really do exist, I need to know in my heart and in my soul. And uh, through one of the worship sessions, uh, God made it very apparent that He was in my heart and He was here for me and started to reveal the things through my past and everything that I started to see come unraveling and seeing how He was in each and every situation. The moment when I decided that it wasn't going to ever turn back was when I actually truly understood what God had placed in my life and truly understood His true purpose for me in my each and or in my everyday process. Man, you guys probably walk in the room and uh, see our good friend Zach West at the soundboard a lot of Sundays, and I've known Zach for a lot of years now, and um, man, it's cool because, you know, I never knew Zach's story for a long time. I always knew the Zach that loved Jesus and was the most joyful guy in the room. That's who Zach is today, and so it's so cool to hear how Jesus has changed Zach's life, and Zach, we love you, buddy, and we appreciate you, and Thank you for sharing your story with us, man. Um, how many of us, I'm curious, went Black Friday shopping this year? Anybody in the room? You don't have to be shy. We're just glad you made it out alive, all right? You can, you can raise your hand. How many of us 
Uh, on the other hand, decided long before Black Friday ever happened that we would be nowhere near a store or mall on that day. Okay, we even got applause. Somebody's passionate. Listen, I fall into the latter group, okay? When I was in high school and college, I worked at a couple of different retail stores. And because of what I experienced there, I've resolved never to subject myself to the punishment of Black Friday ever, ever again. Now, listen, no matter which side of the fence you fall on, if you went, if you didn't go, every single one of us in the room made the decision to take part in that day or to avoid it based on the same factors. It's just that when we looked at all the factors, we decided to count the cost of them a little differently. And here's what I mean, okay? For those of you who take part in Black Friday every year, you know that there will be crazy people out on this day. Like, you might even be one of them. I don't know. Um, you know the traffic's going to be insane. You know stores are going to be unbelievably crowded. You know you're going to stand in long lines. You even know that you could be trampled or, or get in a fist fight at Walmart. Like, you know that. But you also know you can save a lot of money, right? I mean, you can get like a 60-inch TV for like 50 bucks on Black Friday. You, you know that. And when you weigh it out in your mind, you kind of think about all that fist fights, crazy people, long lines, saving money. And when it's all said and done, you just reason, saving money, it's worth it. I'll take the risk. Now, for those of us like me who choose not to go anywhere in public on this day, we get, there's a lot of money to be saved. There are a lot of deals happening, man. We can get that 60-inch we've been wanting and, and not miss the money from our bank account. It's just that we don't really want to be in jail the day after Thanksgiving for punching somebody in Walmart, Right? We don't want to subject ourselves to the worst kind of road rage because of all the crazy people on the roads. And listen, we don't want to stand in long lines because we are still in a food coma from the day before. So when we look at all the factors, what do we do? We count them differently. We see them there and we go, you know what? It's not really worth saving money for me. So when, we, when it comes down to this decision to take part in this day or to avoid it again, the point is... You and I, what do we do? We count the costs, we look at the pros, we look at the cons, and we decide based on certain factors what's most important to us as individuals. Now, listen, don't miss this. When it comes to following Jesus, Jesus tells us that we need to do the same thing. Jesus tells us that as individuals, we need to examine what it means to be his follower. We need to count the cost of actually doing so and then as an individual person, we need to make a decision on whether or not following him is worth it. You see, I, I want to be really honest with you this morning. And I want to tell you that following Jesus at times could be risky. I want to tell you that following Jesus at times might be a little uncomfortable. For some of us, following Jesus at times may require us to leave behind some things that are really, really important to us at the moment. And again, the decision you have to make in those moments and in those seasons of life is, is Jesus worth it to me? Is Jesus worth the risk? Is he worth the cost? Is he worth getting a little uncomfortable? Is he worth leaving these things behind? And to help us answer that question today, we're going to dive back into Luke chapter 9. And we're going to look at, at a situation, a story where Jesus was, was actually talking to three different individuals. And he asked them to make some tough decisions. He wanted them to count the cost 
of being his followers. So if you have a Bible, I would encourage you, grab it. Go to Luke 9 with me. If uh, you have a version Bible app ready to go on a device, grab it. Go to Luke 9. And if you didn't bring anything with you, then you can follow along here on the screens with me. But we're going to start reading Luke 9, verse 57. Here's what the Bible says. It says, as they were going along the road, talking about Jesus and his disciples, someone said to him, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says back to this guy, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, follow me. But this guy said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus says back to this guy, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another, the third person said, hey, Jesus, I'll follow you, but first let me say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus says to this third guy, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, I know some of us, we hear those verses, and those are hard verses, and you might be thinking to yourself, I had no idea Jesus was so mean, right? Like, man, wow, seems like Jesus hates these people. That's not it at all. And I want us to make sense of these three scenarios so that we can really understand what's going on here in the Scriptures, and then we're going to talk about what Jesus' response to each person reveals about what it may cost us to follow him. So, scenario one. We see this guy, right? He comes running up to Jesus, and he says, Jesus, I'm in, bro. I'm like following you wherever you go. I I want to be there. I want to be a part of what you're doing in the world. This is a guy who had probably heard Jesus teach, may have even seen him do a few miracles. He wants to follow Jesus. And Jesus' response is this. He says, that's awesome, man. Just so you know, though, we're homeless tonight. Foxes have holes to sleep in. Birds have nests. I have no place to call my own. So if you're signing up to follow me, you just have to know right out of the gate, we're sleeping on the streets. I'd love to have you join me. Right? Scenario two is this. Jesus actually approaches an individual this time, and he says to this guy, hey, man, I want you to come, and I want you to follow me. Now, this guy's response, when you read it, it doesn't seem so bad. Here's what the guy says. Jesus, listen, I'm in. I want to follow you. I want to be a part of what you're doing in the world. But first, I need to go bury my dad. Now, again, doesn't seem unreasonable. But we can't miss a couple of key things about what was going on in this guy's life. Okay, first is this. We have to understand that most likely this guy's dad wasn't even dead yet. He may have been aged, he may have been close to dying, but most biblical scholars can agree on this passage that if this guy's dad was actually dead, logically he wouldn't have been standing around talking to Jesus in Luke 9. He would have been somewhere taking care of burial issues. Now, the next thing is this. In this time in Jewish culture, burial was typically a year-long process. A family would put a family member, a loved one, in the ground, They would wait for their family member's body to decay, and then a year later, they would collect that person's bones and put them in what's known as an ossuary box. Kind of weird, but that's what they did. And so what this guy's saying to Jesus is this. He's going, Jesus, I want to come follow you. I want to be a part of what you're doing in the world. I just can't right now. i got to wait on my dad to die, and then after he dies, it's going to be another year because I need to make sure his burial goes as planned. And what does Jesus say? He says, let somebody else do it. As for you, I want you to go out and preach about the kingdom of God. And in scenario three, here's what goes on. Another person, right? 
expressing a desire to follow Jesus. They approach Jesus. Jesus, I want to follow you. But like the guy in scenario two, right away this guy gives Jesus an excuse as to why he can't follow him now. And in his case, it all has to do with his family and friends back home. Jesus, I just need to go home and I need to say goodbye to everybody. And here's Jesus' response. If you put your hand to the plow and look back, you're not fit for my kingdom. You know what he's saying? He's painting a picture here, a picture that this guy would have understood very well because he's living in an agricultural society. I mean, I want you to imagine a farmer with me. He's out in his field, and he's plowing his field, all right? Think about this. If that guy's plowing his field, looking back the whole time, what's going to eventually happen? He's going to veer off course, right? And what Jesus is saying to this guy is this. He's going, listen, man, your plans to go back home to say goodbye to everyone— could be the very thing that derails you from following me. So listen, don't look back and you look forward. And if you want to be a part of what I'm doing in this world, then I want you to come and I want you to follow me now, right now. Now that we have a picture of these scenarios, what I want to do is talk about the cost. What does it look like to follow Jesus and what costs are associated if, in fact, you and I choose to follow him. Now, before I give these to you, I want you to understand something, all right? I'm not saying that following Jesus will definitely cost every individual in the room, in these areas that I'm going to share with you in the same way. I'm just saying that if you choose to follow Jesus, it could cost a lot of us in the room, in these areas, in some different ways. And the question you have to be able to answer again is simple. Is Jesus worth it? So with that being said, let me share with you what it could cost you if, in fact, you choose to follow Jesus. First thing is comfort. If you choose to follow Jesus, you have to know that at times it could cause you certain comforts. Go back to scenario one with me. Think about this. How many of us in the room, if like Jesus' invitation to us was, come follow me and be homeless, how many of us would have been out at that moment? What, Jesus, you want me to sleep where? On what street? I don't know, Jesus, that seems, that seems a little uncomfortable, right? It sounds a little risky. I don't know, Jesus, if I'm down for that. We don't know how this guy in scenario one responded, but we do know how we would respond if we would have been in his shoes, don't we? You see, I know this is a huge reason that many people, maybe even some of us in the room, are afraid to truly surrender our lives fully to Jesus. We're scared if we do that, that he might ask us to do something or to go somewhere that's a little uncomfortable for us. I'll give you some examples, right? I've literally heard people say to me before, James, if I follow Jesus for real, like I could end up in the middle of Africa somewhere, bro, and I don't want to do that. And why? That's uncomfortable, isn't it? That requires sacrifice. It would require leaving behind an easy first world life for a third world life that's not so easy. I've heard people say before, James, if I follow Jesus for real, what if he asked me to like leave my job where I make a lot of money and to become like a nonprofit leader or even worse, like a youth pastor or something? <laughs> Ugh, because I don't want to do that. And why? Because it's uncomfortable. It would require sacrifice. It would require a downgrade in lifestyle because, let's be honest, most nonprofit leaders or youth pastors, they're not making bank, right? Now, again, I don't want us to get confused, so stay with me. 
I'm not trying to say this morning that Jesus wants all of us in the room to be missionaries to third world countries, okay? Listen, I honestly believe that Jesus wants most of us to be missionaries right where we find ourselves each day, at our jobs, in our neighborhoods, at our schools, at the gym, at the ball field, at the dance studio. You got to understand, that's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not even trying to say that Jesus wants all of us to be super poor nonprofit leaders or youth pastors. I mean, let's be honest. Ministry costs money, and if all of us are poor and make no money, then ministry can't happen. I believe a lot of us, God wants us to work in the, the marketplace, make a ton of money, so that we can practice radical generosity for the sake of advancing his kingdom here on the earth. So you got to understand, I'm, I'm not saying that following Jesus is going to cost you all the comforts you enjoy in life. Listen, I'm just saying it could. And look at me, if it does... The question you need to be able to answer is this. Is following Jesus still worth it for me? Secondly, you have to know that at times, following Jesus could cost you certain obligations. This is what we see in scenario two with our guy who wanted to wait around in order to bury his dad. This was an obligation he felt he had to his family. But there was a problem, and the problem was this. This man felt more obligated to his dad's burial than he did to Jesus. Now, I need you to listen really carefully because, again, I don't want you to get confused, all right? Listen, you have to know Jesus is not a proponent of dishonoring your father and mother. That's not what he's trying to get this guy to do here. And Jesus, in this passage, isn't trying to make a point that we shouldn't follow through on certain obligations that we have to our families. Like, for example, men in the room... It's important for you to know that God takes very seriously you being a man and a provider and a leader for your family. Takes it very seriously. I mean, in 1 Timothy 5a, he actually says in the scriptures that if you fail to do so, you've denied the faith and you're worse than an unbeliever. So there are certain obligations, listen to me, that God expects us to fulfill concerning our families. But listen, here's the key. When we seek to fulfill those obligations, we must do so in obedience to Jesus, not in place of obedience to Jesus. And this was the guy's problem in scenario two. This, is, this obligation that he felt he had, he was choosing it in place of obedience to Jesus. And this is why Jesus says to him, bro, let somebody else take care of this for you, man. This is not an obligation that you have to hold on to. Somebody else can do this. We have more important things to do, and I want you to come and follow me not a year or more from now. I want you to come, and I want you to follow me now. So what does this mean for us today in our world? Well, I don't know what it looks like specifically for every individual in the room, but listen, maybe it means for some of us that we need to follow and obey God in something he's calling us to right now, not after our kids graduate from high school and leave our house. Maybe for some of us, it means that we need to follow and obey God in something he's calling us to now, not after we get a certain job or a certain amount of money in the bank. Maybe it means that we need to follow and obey God in something he's calling us to right now, not after life settles down and things aren't so busy, like that's ever gonna happen anyway, right? Again, you just have to understand that following Jesus could at times mean you placing certain obligations behind him. And if that happens in your life, the question you got to be willing to ask yourself is this. Is Jesus still worth following for me? 
Lastly, you have to know that at times following Jesus could cost you as well in the area of relationships. And this is what we see in scenario three. This guy wanted to go home. He wanted to say goodbye. And Jesus says, don't look back. Look forward. Follow me right now. But why in the world would Jesus say this? It seems a little mean, doesn't it? Why would he say it? Well, I was wrestling with that same question this past week as I was studying this passage. And here's what God showed me, and I think you'll agree. Oftentimes in a lot of our lives, is it not true that our relationships are the very things that prevent us from taking steps to follow and to obey Jesus? I mean, I think we can all agree that there are times when family or friends can do a bang-up job in influencing us to live a life in the opposite direction of the one Jesus is trying to lead us in. Some of these people, right, they do it because they don't know any better. They do it because they think if you follow Jesus, you're a schmuck and a moron and life's over for you. And so they're trying to keep you from that. They don't get the joy and the freedom that, that results from following Christ. Other people, they do it because they have great intentions in mind and they don't want you to risk all this stuff. They think loving you means saving you from sacrificing the very things that Jesus may be calling you away from. And so, again, I think we can agree that at times relationships stand in the way of us following Jesus. This is exactly what Jesus was trying to prevent from happening to this man. In Luke chapter 9, he expresses a desire to follow Jesus, and Jesus knows because he's God, if this guy goes back home, the temptation is going to be to stay home, not to follow me. So i got to tell this guy, dude, no going home. you got to come with me now. My wife and I, we know how this feels. Um, after college, we were invited to go be a part of a church planning team in Miami, Florida. And all of our families here. And uh, we talked and we prayed about it. And we felt, man, we, we need to go do this. We felt like God was leading us to this. Move 650 miles south, plant a church in South Beach, hang out with a bunch of crazy people, share Jesus with them, right? Let's do it. Well, when we started sharing this with our family and friends, I can't tell you how many people sat across the table from us. And they tried to talk us out of it. There's ministry here. There's churches here. There's people here who need Jesus. Why would you leave here and go there? We have people in our church who would say, Miami? You know what kind of place Miami is? You know what goes on there? And I'm thinking, that's why we're going. They need some Jesus in their life, right? And we want to go take him to them. But man, so many people that we love deeply, that, that truly cared about us. They were saying to us unknowingly, don't follow Jesus, don't follow Jesus, don't follow Jesus, don't follow Jesus. But we had to follow Jesus because we knew that's what he was calling us to, and it cost us relationships during a season of our life. And for other followers of Jesus, it cost them the very same thing. Some of us in the room, at some point in our life, following Jesus may cost us certain relationships. Maybe it already has. And the question again that you've got to be willing to ask yourself if this ever happens to you is this. Is following Jesus still worth it? Do I value my relationship with him over every other relationship in life? Or do these people that I love and care deeply, they come before him? That's the question you've got to wrestle through. Now, I, I this past week got a chance to sit down with some dear friends of Cross Point City Church, Matt and Rebecca Warren, and, uh, and I had a conversation with them about kind of our topic today. Some of you guys know Matt and Rebecca. Rebecca was our children's ministry director here for years. And back in the summer, they decided 
to up and to move their entire lives across the world to go serve as missionaries in China with a brand new baby, all right? They left behind relationships and obligations. They left behind the comfort of home. And this past week, we got to do a Skype interview. I'm going to show it to you in just a minute. But I asked them the same question I've been asking you. Has it been worth it? Just following Jesus has been worth it. Even though it cost you a lot, can you honestly say that it's been worth it? And I pray this morning that as you watch this interview, that what they have to say and share will encourage you to follow Jesus, truly follow him, no matter what it may cost you. So I want you to turn your attention to the screens and check this out. For those of you that might still be unsure, um, that are sitting here going, great for them, I could never do that. If God asked me to do that tomorrow, I, I would have to say no. For those of us that are just unsure in even the small things in our daily lives, I don't know if I can take this step because it might cost me in this area, it might cost me this relationship, it might cost me this, this obligation I feel is mine, it might cost me some, some sort of comfort in life. For those of us that are unsure, here are two things I want to remind you of as we get ready to close. One... I want you to remember today that we serve and worship a God who loves us so much that he gave us the best parts of who he is. The Bible tells us that God loves us so much that he didn't give us just some lame, terrible sacrifice. He gave his one and only son for us, his only son, Jesus Christ, who came to the earth and laid his very life down so that you and I could know forgiveness of sins. We could be made into new people and we could live out a true purpose and a true meaning and one day experience eternal life with him. So you got to remember today that we serve a God who's given us the best parts of who he is and what he wants in return from us is the best parts of who we are. He's taken our sin. We, we a lot of times are quick to give him the worst parts of who we are. You can have my sin. But God's going, yeah, I, I want the best part of you too. Man, I'll take the worst part of you and I'll pay for it and I'll do away with it. But you got to know I want the best parts of you. And I want to encourage you today, love him and follow him no matter what it may cost you. Remembering each day that his pursuit of you cost him everything. And the other thing I want to remind you of is this. Every day, you and I have been given an amazing privilege by the God of the universe to live for and to invest in a kingdom that will long outlive our kingdoms here on the earth. Listen, I mean, the choice is yours. You can wake up every day and pursue comfort and do all these things that you want to do in life and stay safe when it comes to people you love and care for. And you can build great kingdoms here on the earth. But I just want to remind you of what I reminded you of last week. There's coming a day for all of us where our kingdoms here on the earth will come to an end. And on that day, it won't matter how comfortable we were. It won't matter how many obligations we fulfilled. It won't matter how many people we stayed close to so that life remained easy. All that will matter on that day is what we did to invest in the one kingdom that truly matters and that will outlive and outlast every kingdom in existence, God's kingdom. And so, church, the, the choice is ours. I want to leave you with this. Following Jesus may be tough at times. It may cost you some things. But listen, look at me. It's always worth it. It's always worth it. And I want you to trust and believe that as you follow Jesus, he will always be enough for you.
I want us all over the room just to bow our heads and to close our eyes. And I want us to pray this morning today in spite of maybe skepticism, in spite of um, uncertainty. I want us to pray and to ask God today to convince us that Jesus truly is enough for us and that even though following him might be hard at times, that it will always, always, always be worth it. So will you join me in praying that? Father, I thank you for being a God who loves us so much that you give us the best parts of who you are. God, not only are you our God and our Savior, God, in eternity, but you promise to be everything we need here in this world, in this life. And God, we thank you for that today. We thank you, God, that you promise as we follow you, God, to be our rock, God, to be our comfort, to be our peace, that you promise, God, that you will pick us up and, and help us along when times get tough, that when we face hard things in life, that we can trust in you because you've overcome those things. God, and I pray this morning that you, you would convince us, God, that you're enough for us and that following after Jesus is worth whatever we may have to leave behind in order to do so. God, convince us of that today. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to say to those of you in the room who may have walked in the room today without a relationship with Jesus, like you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior, you've never asked Jesus to be enough for you, you've never had your sins forgiven by God, you've never asked God to give you the free gift of eternal life that he wants to give you because he loves you. I want to encourage you to take a first step of faith today. And to say something like this to God right now in your seat, just say to him, God, I believe you love me and I believe you gave the best parts of who you are for me. God, and today I, I want to accept your gift of salvation. God, I, I put my trust in Jesus as my Savior and Lord. I believe he died for my sins and rose from the dead so that I could be made into a new person and have eternal life. And from this moment on, God, I want to follow him. God, no turning back from me. God, my prayer as we get ready to close our time together is that your presence would just fall in this place. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move in power. I pray that you reach into the hearts and lives of the people sitting in this room right now, that you shape us, you change us, you transform us, you send us out of this room different people today. Help us to believe that Jesus is always worth following no matter what the cost. We trust that you're going to help us to do those very things and to believe those truths. God, so we trust in you and we pray this in the name of our Savior, our God, our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to invite you all around the room to stand and we're going to sing a song together that the band introduced to us last week called Christ is enough, and it's such a powerful, simple song, and I pray that you can sing it this morning from the depths of your being. I pray that you sing it in truth. Church, let's sing this believing that Christ is truly enough for us. Matt, come and lead us, brother. <laughs>